Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your host, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have Julie Cangelosi. She is our current Mrs. North Jersey International. She is getting ready to compete at the Mrs. New Jersey International pageant, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. I kind of feel like I'm on one of those talk shows that, you know, first time caller, long time listener. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very happy to have you, Julie. I don't know how you and Kristen haven't met in real life, but I don't think you have, have you? Yeah, we did in Vegas. Oh, okay. Last year, we did. Okay. For a very short time before she had to fly out. Okay, that's what I couldn't remember if she flew out before you got there or if it overlapped at all. No, um, I believe she helped take some of our photos we, we, we took that first day. Oh, good. For our pajama pictures? Yes, our PJ pictures. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so you, we all have met in real life. This is exciting. We have, and I feel like PJ photos are a pageant staple. Like, you know, I feel like it should be on one of those bingo boards. You uh-huh. you haven't really lived a pageant weekend unless if you have either matching pajamas or PJ photos. Which we put PJs on our gift guide for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Rebecca picked them out. My mother-in-law got them for me, actually. Oh, how fun. <laughs> Off of my own podcast, Pageant Buzz Gift Guide. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I pull it up, and it was just a list of all the things I knew you wanted, so I picked something out. <laughs> That's well, a great I, way to write a wish list. Just, you know, put I it out agree. there as buy this for everyone, um, wink, wink, and for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Julie, For us, although we know you quite well, tell the listeners and all of our Pageant Buzz peeps a little bit about you. Who are you and what do you do in this pageant world, in the pageant community? Who are you? Who am I? Um, So, well, thank you, first of all, honestly, for having me. I'm super excited to be able to be here. Uh, I am... A woman, which I like to say that I'm an imperfectly perfect modern woman who wears so many different hats and juggles all things life and pageantry. And I am a proud wife, my husband, James. I always joke and call him my very own James because he's a federal agent. Um, and I'm super proud of him and all the work that he does. I am a mom of four. So Landon is my very inquisitive eight-year-old. Elle is my pretty much a blonde mini me at this point in time and she's six and we have two guardian angels charlie and lena that we lost uh in our late-term pregnancy losses which has really been my whole purpose into pageantry and of course our nonprofit uh, that we have called operation little angel 101 and you are a published author 
Oh, yes. tell us about your book. <laughs> yes. Um, see, I told you I wear so many hats. Sometimes I uh-huh. forget all of the things that I do. So uh, I am very, very proud uh, to have a couple of books. We have our number one bestseller, which is entitled Mom, which is a testimonial stories of the road to motherhood, right? Because you both are moms. I'm a mom. But each road is so different on their road to motherhood. And when we were experiencing infertility and then our losses, I had a really hard time finding a book that I could resonate with. And so I decided to help write one to help other women. So it's not only my story, but it's other women's stories across the United States, uh, focusing on primary infertility, secondary infertility, surrogacy. And um, we even have somebody who um, froze their eggs and, um, Besides my adult book, so to speak, I have a a children's book as well that was inspired by my son, Landon. Okay. I personally just adore your children's book. It is really special because it's called The Moon is Always Watching You, right? Following me, yes. Okay. The Moon is Always Following Me. And it really is helpful for kids. And I can you just give us a little bit of perspective on who that might be a good book for in children. Yeah. It's, you know, so I, I say, honestly, it's from birth to, to seven, really the way I look mm-hmm. at it, because in each phase of their life, you kind of get to see, um, a little something about yourself in it. It's about a mother's love, uh, to her child. And mm-hmm. it, it's a, you know, just a big symbolism for, for the moon. And it starts off with, a, honestly, the whole book was inspired by Landon. One day we were walking home from a hockey game and he asked me, why is the moon always following me? And I kind of just looked up and I thought, what is such an interesting concept, right? Because no matter what window you look out of, it does kind of always seem to follow you. And so the moon kind of follows him along through the book as he gets older and it equates to a mother's love. So just because you can't always see it, even though we know the moon is always there, just like that, my love is always there for you. So it's truly a love letter to not only him, but um, for all of my children. Oh my gosh, that just made me like tear up a little oh. bit. <laughs> I'll send you one, Kristen. I, well, I know I, I want to like support it. I'll definitely buy one. But oh my gosh, that like gave me like a tingle like up my oh. arm. It's oh. really amazing. It's such a special book. And I love what you have done with both of your books. Tell the Kristen, because I don't know if she's aware and everyone else about how you've been giving these books all around the globe at this point. Yeah. So I always, you know, um, I grew up in a household where reading was so important, but not only was reading, but really also just giving back. And I feel like it became second nature to me because I always watched my family doing it. And that was something that was really important to James and I. We wanted to make sure our kids are growing up in a world that they know that the importance of giving back and small acts of kindness. So one way that we're doing that as a family is actually providing Uh, our books all around the world. Um, They have been also donated in Amsterdam as well as England. And we have a few more countries that will be added uh, this year to the free little lending library. So I will always leave a little note in it. Um, For the mom book, I'll leave an inspirational message. And I'll ask that once they are done with a book that they please 
give it to somebody else that they think it may they may find it helpful as well. Uh, and it's just a way that we're able to give the gift of reading and hopefully our inspirational messages uh, around the world. So it's been a fun little project. Do your kids think you're famous? Um, no. My kids don't think I'm famous, but I'm laughing because my kids' friends think I must be famous because I have a lot of quote-unquote followers, which I think is really funny that some eight-year-olds are on Instagram because my children are not. Uh, <laughs> or at least their parents must have said something. I'm not sure. Uh, but they always say that I'm so fancy. So they just assume I'm famous because <laughs> even oh. in my casual wear, I'm a little extra. So they think they think their friends think I am. But my kids just know me as mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're talking about your book being all over the world and I just know with like my kids because my daughter tells everybody I'm famous because I was Mrs. Ohio but well, you are famous so I totally agree <laughs> but I was like man if I told her that I had a book that I was sending all over the world she'd like really lose it <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. It makes me think of that story. Um, so I love pop, pop culture. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, Paul Rudd, you know, he was on Friends and Ant-Man yeah. and all these other things, right? So yeah. I read a really funny article about him like two weeks ago. And his fr- his kids didn't even know he, he was famous until they were like 17, 18 years old. They thought their dad worked at the movie theater because yeah. they would just see signs of him as Ant-Man or whoever at AMC. So he, they just thought he was a movie employee. They had no idea that he's like legit famous. Um, I read that same story. And I think it's hysterical. Um, but no, um, I, I feel like I, and <laughs> I'm not famous. I'm just, you know, one girl trying to make a difference. <laughs> but isn't so, it funny how okay. even like your kids think like, oh, it's just my mom. But like other people and other kids are like, oh, like your mom's like really cool. But they're going to grow up be like, I mean, it's my mom. She's like kind of lame. Well, I am going to soak up every single moment that I can because I know one day I'm not going to be cool in their eyes for at least a few years. So right now I am soaking in every moment, all those tiny things that like, you know, they'll still hold my hand or give me a big squeeze or kiss on the cheek when I say goodbye to them at school. So I'm just going to cherish all of those moments before they run out of the car and I'm not cool anymore. Well, Julie, you have recently um, received quite a prestigious award as the American Mother of the Year for the District of Columbia. Tell us a little bit about that whole experience. Yeah. Um, and this is like super crazy um, experience. So uh, American Mothers has been around since the early 1920s and some pretty incredible women and moms have really been honored, including, you know, for me, Estee Lauder, which is like really cool. Um, yes. and, and other women uh, who really truly do make a difference and kind of go back to the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would hope to be do unto you. And And I was introduced to this organization and um, the first year I was nominated, which I was super, it's an amazing thing just to be nominated itself. Uh, I did not get the honor and I had the most beautiful rejection letter I literally have ever received in my entire life. Like I literally wrote them back and said, 
thank you so much for taking the time to write this beautiful rejection letter. Like it, I almost wanted to frame it. It was just really lovely. And they had such nice things to say about me, but it wasn't my time. Right. It's almost like pageantry. There are times it's just not your day. Right. And it wasn't my time. And I, but they did give me the opportunity to speak at their annual meeting. And to me, that was winning in itself that year because I had the opportunity to meet women across DC, Maryland, and Virginia who I think needed to hear my story that day. Um, you know, I've been able to stay in contact with many of them, and it's been an, a really an incredible experience. Fast forward to this year, um, I was nominated again, and then I got the a very different call, a different letter, just as beautiful, um, but recognizing me as the DC American Mother of the Year. So our national convention is going to be the end of April, and they'll announce the official Mother of the Year. There are people in all 50 states, as well as Washington, DC, and Puerto Rico that will be recognized in Omaha, Nebraska. So I'm very excited. And and um, I have to say, one of the biggest like excitement is is that my mom is actually going to come to the convention with me. So it's a something that we can really celebrate together. Because honestly, I wouldn't be half as good as mom if it wasn't for my mom, because she really taught me what it was like to to live with your whole heart and um, to give back and serve. So I'm so excited that she's going to experience that with me. I want to ask you, as a potential mother of the year, Mm -hmm. what has happened to you in, let's say, even the last, like, few years with your kids that absolutely just mortified you where you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, the worst. But it's, like, kind of funny. It's actually not that bad because I – I'd like everybody to know that even mothers of the year maybe have like some of those moments because I know I do too. Oh, well, we all have those moments. Like, let's face it. Like my children are amazing humans and, you know, I, and of course I'm like totally biased. Right. And it's like, oh my God, they're so perfect. But, um, we, they still have tantrums. They still have those moments like sitting in target aisle of wanting everything and throwing a full-on fit or um, you know I have a boy and a girl and they love each other 95% of the time but that 5% they do not like each other it is a full-out war and it's never at the it's I feels like it's never really at the house where like nobody can hear you or see you and it's like how do I act and redirect the situation and um, I don't think it's always seamless. Uh, Sometimes I kind of, you know, if you're in a store, I will walk away like five feet and try to let them figure it out. I don't know (laughs) if that's the best decision, but I'm like, you need to figure out conflict resolution. So um, I'll still be in, you know, earshot and can see them, but I kind of hope for the best. But a lot of times you get a lot of strange looks from, from parents. And, you know, I feel like we're always all in it together, right? We've all had times where our kids have thrown full on tantrums and it's never in the best moment or we'll be complete sponges and tell your not so deepest, darkest secrets, but out to anybody. Cause they'll be like, Oh yes, you do do that. Or no, you don't do that. So, um, you know, I guess we've had a, a few here and there. I was talking to Kristen on Friday while I was shopping and someone was carrying their child out like literally like like a football as it was like (laughs) a toddler and the the baby was like 
it wasn't a baby, it was like a toddler, was screaming at the top of their lungs. And I just said, I'm really glad my kids are at school right now. Like, and <laughs> I love my she's children. She's like shopping. So she's like, this is the much. best day ever. And then I hear that and she's like, I'm glad my kids are at school. <laughs> like, well, I love my kids and I love spending time with them, but I'm glad we're past that toddler age. That's all I w- I'm just very thankful that we well, are past that time. You know, I... I was always told, right, like little people, little problems, big people, big problems. So I feel Mm -hmm. like each phase has tested me in different ways. And I think because we had a long road to get pregnant and be able to have our children, I feel like my patience is a lot better than Mm -hmm. if we actually had them younger. You know, my son, you know, I had my children at 36 and 38. Like it's a very different, I feel like I was a lot more patient than I probably would have been in my early thirties or late twenties, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something that Harlow did? Yes. Please. That mortified me. And it's just like, it's one of those things where you're like, they're going to tell people something. <laughs> we were up at the club and there, she was like playing with some of like the other kids and I'm sitting with the adult it it was a family bingo and she got a bingo well they had all these prizes and so she gets up there and some of them were these like really nice wines in case an adult one and then there were toys well she goes up and grabs a bottle of wine and they're like hey like (laughs) like no 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 like that you can't take that and she turns around and points at me and she goes oh no my mom said if I win I should grab the wine and (laughs) oh my god she took it and she brought it over to me and then I crawled under the table and died. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. See, I'm going to flip it and say, but how She was thinking of, of you. I know that's what I'm thinking. And that's exactly what where I, my mind was. Well, she was just thinking of you. She was so unselfish in this decision. Yeah. I oh, feel yeah. like my kids would pick a toy and not For sure. And like the cheapest toy that we could have bought is like the dollar store or whatever. Right. It was I think super that's sweet. very sweet. I hope you oh. I hope you kept it and I hope you drank it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I obviously kept it. That was like a really nice <laughs> bottle of wine. But like it was so embarrassing. And then And you will oh, laugh yeah. at these moments about wine and embarrass her later at her like wedding shower or something later. So Julie, um now that we've talked about all your crazy motherhood adventures, yes. I want to talk a little bit about pageant adventures. Okay. You're competing soon for Mrs. New Jersey International. I am so excited. Yes. Your journey to international has been a couple years in the making. Mm -hmm. You've, what is it about the system? What is it about international pageants that keeps you coming back? Yeah, I feel like there's uh, a lot of systems out there for the Mrs. Pageants, but you have to find something that resonates with you. And for me, when I found the international pageants, I truly found my home. Uh, you know, the amount of focus on family and faith, marriage, and of course, service is truly who I am as a human. So I just completely resonate with that. And there is just something very unique about that experience and the focus about faith and family. Uh, that's truly special about the international pageant system. Like how many 
pageants, do you have an opportunity to truly walk on stage with your husband in evening gown? It's such a romantic love letter to one another of having that moment. It's almost like that wedding day moment again. Like he's seen my gown, but to see you all dolled up um, from the opposite side of that stage. And in that moment, I honestly forget I'm on stage, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I am just looking at my husband and it's just truly a remarkable moment. But I also feel that I've just grown so much in the last few years that I really just wanted to go after my dream and another time. And well, I'm really excited to to compete for, for New Jersey in just a few short weeks here. Yes. Well, I will tell you, watching you and James last year at International on stage during that gown competition was probably one of the highlights for me as a pageant fan. It was just so special. You just both looked and you could just feel like the love you had for each other. I, it was truly one of my favorite gown performances, not because of anything other than like how, like much you were not performing, you know what I mean? How authentic it was and how sweet he was. I just loved it so much. I watch it all the time. I haven't saved on my phone. I know. I just love it. It was, and plus the gown is maybe my favorite gown. Thank time. you. I've worn some incredible gowns the last few years, but that was definitely a truly special gown and one of my favorites to date. Well, my favorite one that I've seen you wear was covered in feathers and I saw oh. it on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The beautiful um, lavender feather Sherry Hill couture gown that probably weighed, it's the lightest gown I've ever put on. I think it weighs a pound. Oh, I thought you were going to say something different. What? Completely. No. I don't know. Uh, I thought you were going to say it's like heavy. Well, yeah, I guess. But then I, I mean, like, it's feathers. I it's literally feathers with a very little lining. It is super light. You almost, it's one of those moments you're like, I do have my dress on, right? Like it's very, very light um, compared to all the very heavy beaded gowns that can literally weigh up to 20 pounds. Um, it is the complete opposite. When you're on stage and you have a gown that's really, really heavy, do you enjoy that? Like, is that something where it almost just like, makes you feel really grounded and it's like you, you just like have that feeling or would you prefer a more like flowy chiffon really lightweight from a feeling standpoint not any not what it looks like yeah no I think for me I always I, I love fashion I, I've always loved fashion um, fabric is really important to me I love the feel of fabrics I before I moved down to the DC area for James uh, I was up near New York City, I was in Connecticut, but I would always go to Manhattan all the time and shop all the sample sales. So I got really spoiled of beautiful fashions and fabric. So I kind of do the same thing when it comes to gown, the construction and the quality of the materials are more important to me, then that's when I feel like a million bucks, it doesn't it it doesn't matter whether it weighs one pound or 20 pounds. It's really just how it I, I don't feel any 
better depending on the weight. It's truly just that material that I just feel like a million bucks in. And it doesn't mean that the dress is super expensive either. Um, I just love a good quality construction gown. And I've worked with some amazing designers um, with Caesar from Caesar Solano or um, obviously Dehi who made my gown last year. I've worn some Sherry Hill, Giovanni. I really have been, have had an opportunity to wear some gorgeous pieces, but it's almost like a wedding dress. I just always knew each year, like, this is the one I want to go with. Um, and it's almost like that instant, um, even when you're creating it together, I had a vision in mind and, um, these designers just help bring it to life. And I will give a huge shout out to your seamstress. She does amazing internal alteration work that like she can fit your gowns to you so well, no matter like if it's off the rack, uh, interview piece, whatever it is, everything you wear, she tailors to perfection. So shout out to her. Oh, Nicole is amazing. Uh, I found her six years ago uh, with actually a very first pageant coach that I ever worked with, who actually worked with uh, former two of the former Miss USAs that came from DC, including Deshauna Barber. And I actually found her through him. And we've been working together ever since, even for my everyday wear, because her her tailoring work is just top notch and yes. she's super affordable and she's also the sweetest human um, ever. I just love working with her. It's, it's just a joy whenever you get to see her, you know, when you see people and they're just, it's so easy to work with them. And mm -hmm. she just has a vision. Uh, you know, she knows exactly how a piece should end up looking or being constructed and she can just make magic. Like she's a literal bippity boppity boo. Oh my gosh, she is a true fairy godmother. What is your favorite part of competition aside from your platform and your service work? Like if you just had to tell me like, what do you love most about pageants and separate out the stuff that you're going to do no matter what? You're always going to volunteer. You're always going to pursue your nonprofit you're always going to advocate with the capital, like with different bills being passed mm -hmm. and legislation, just in terms of pageantry. What do you love most about it? I love on stage. It's something uh, for on stage interview, I guess I should clarify. Like, yes, I love the glitz and the glam of evening gown and fitness, um, which means very different things in my 40s than it probably would have 20 years ago, right? But for me, the on stage portion where you're able to have a conversation or have even the, whether it's not even that 30 second platform portion of it, or though that does obviously play a role because I feel like somebody there will need to hear the story, um, my story, then it may resonate with them. I always think that no matter what happens, whether you walk away with a crown or not, it's somebody you're helping in that audience. And it may not be them in that moment, right? It could be that they're experiencing a loss and it doesn't have to be a pregnancy loss or child loss, just any grief. And what you have to say of how you're able to cope with things could truly help them or maybe help a friend of theirs that they don't know what to say. So to me, I always love the onstage interview portion. It's always kind of been my favorite, but I think partially because I've also had incredible opportunities to just be a keynote speaker places. So I love holding the mic in my hand and like start talking. I don't know. Uh, so that's always been one of my favorite moments. 
Julie, I was insta stalking you, obviously, and I've already I had already followed you, and you have some like really fun, interesting photos on your Instagram that I would like to ask you about, and I would like okay. some <laughs> further explanation because I'm just very interested in it, and I am so intrigued which pictures you're going to ask me about. Okay. So there's one with you and one of your girlfriends. Her name's Kristen. Mm-hmm. And you guys are in full-blown Barbie Polly Pocket <laughs> mode. Yes. You're in like the, the old school first Barbies bathing suit with the white sunglasses and then like the little matching colorful dresses in another photo. What What is that all about? What happened there? <laughs> so Kristen is one of my very best friends. You know, we all are blessed to have our ride or dies. And Kristen is my person. And every year we do an annual girls trip. And we go to L.A. and we shoot with Austin Ride. Everyone knows Austin. We've known Austin for a few years now. And uh, we literally go get new headshots and some glam shots. And then we always take best friend photos. And one of them always is some fun theme that we will start dressing up as. And it all started as a joke for us to be Polly Pocket because – For your audience members who don't know me, I always joke and say I walk tall, but in fact, I am not the tallest person out there. Uh, And Kristen and I are both around the same height. And so Austin used to joke and said that we were kind of like Polly Pockets. And so that's how that Polly Pocket theme kind of came about. And then we decided to do Vintage Barbie last year. And then coming up actually in two and a half weeks. In two and a half weeks, you're going to shoot again. And do you have a theme picked out? We have a theme picked out, but okay. I'm not going to announce it yet. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, okay, I okay. thought when it cut out, so I, was did like, I. I'm I was sorry. Like, oh, I was like on the edge of my seat, like, what is it? I know. It like completely cut out for a second in the audio, and all I could hear is, and, and then it just went silent. And I was like, well, wait, what is this? <laughs> I am okay, so okay. sorry. Stay tuned for the pictures so everyone has to follow Julie so we can see what this amazing photo shoot turns out like. Yes, and it's a lot of fun. I feel like everyone should have those moments with their best friend to be able to have some fun photos and just some much-needed girl time because I really think that you need to fill your your cup up. Okay, the other post I want to ask you about is you are wearing – (laughs) these white and red striped leggings and a sweater dress that appears to look like it was meant to be a Christmas tree. Uh And then these stunning stiletto pumps and a ginormous (laughs) ornament is just kind of like, you're just kind of like holding it off to the side. What's happening here? So uh, believe it or not, that was actually an ugly Christmas party for work. I tend to end up creating a lot of the themes for our parties each year. Uh, Whenever we get together, I work for um, a large corporation, but our team only gets together two to three times a year. So I usually plan all the themes and I thought it'd be great to do an ugly holiday party, sweater party. So, and that was at the rooftop in a hotel in Austin and they had these gigantic, um, ornaments and so I asked my co-worker Irene who is one of my best friends at work I said can you please take some photos for me so I just decided to take their ornament out of the pool and take some photos 
you know, you just have to live in the moment. And sometimes there's some great photo props around. Julie is never going to miss a photo op. I'm going to tell you. She will find, she will like spot the place in wherever she is and be like, that's a picture opportunity. And always like, it will be the cutest photo. She will never miss it. And I applaud her eye for seeing the photo before it happens. Thank you. You know, and I feel like you have to have fun, right? Especially Mm -hmm. when it's Instagram or just in general in life. I don't take myself that seriously um, in general because I feel like we need to have fun and live in the moment. So, yeah, when I see an ornament in the pool, I was like, I did ask permission. I said, can I take out the ornament for a minute? I'll put it back. And, you know, the nice man, so shout out to the Autograph Hotel in Dallas. He said yes, and I took a great photo. Love it. It is a great photo. I do like it a lot. I just, I saw that and I'm like, huh, well, I'm definitely going to ask her about that. (laughs) Okay. One more about Instagram. Okay. Just because, so I, this always, and this is like, not just you. There are other people who I've, I've seen photos like this and it's very interesting because I've never had one taken like this and I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's all in the, it's all the, actually what's going on or if there's some something happening in the background you have this photo it's stunning and you're in this jumpsuit that's navy where these the silk cape is being thrown it looks like it's being thrown you know off to either side do you know what I'm talking about I do yes okay how is that happening how many people does that take to make this happen and is that like really the photo or do you think somebody went back in and was like I'm just gonna make it look a little more a little more No. So this is where, you know, I've been blessed to work with some incredible photographers out there. This was actually another Austin uh, photo. And what we did was we threw the cape in four different directions so that I stood in the same position. I could not move. I tried to keep the same smile and didn't shift at all. And his assistant, Erica, literally threw the cape to the left threw it straight back behind me and to the right. And then he took those Cape images and Photoshopped them in to make it fuller. Because when you're throwing the Cape, although it is a very large piece of fabric, and that was a Debbie Carroll jumpsuit, which I love. And she does amazing custom pieces. And it's a very, she always does generous Capes. You know, sometimes we see dresses or jumpsuits and the Capes are not that generous. They look a little, you know, they could be bigger. Flimsy, thank you. She has a great cape. So it was um, really fun to be able to shoot with it. So it was, you know, four different directions and a little bit of photoshopping for the cape, but it's such a fun image. Um, He's always a blast to work with and was pretty creative because I didn't know how we were going to do it, to be honest with you. I was just like, okay, I'll just wear it and see what happens. Oh my gosh, it's I, it's so beautiful. I've seen and I, you know I see these other places, but then like, I mean I've seen in the background where somebody is kind of like flipping the cape, and then you see some where the person's like under the dress, and so you just never know. But that one, that specific picture of you is exceptionally good. Thank you. Thank you for letting me get us off topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, anytime. Um, thank you for Instagram stalking me to ask. So when is the actual Mrs. New Jersey International pageant? So it is at the end of this month. So it is Saturday, the 1st of April. That's really soon. It is super soon. I know. I'm so excited. It's so close. Everything's turned in. All the paperwork's officially official. 
now it's just a matter of getting to stage time. I can't wait. I have a lot of people traveling to come cheer me on. So I'm very excited. I can't wait to see what you wear. Unless you want to tell us. What you're I am wearing. not going to tell you what I'm going to wear. Um, I will tell you it will be, how about this? I will not tell you what I'm wearing. But I will tell you it is a different color than I normally wear for gowns. Okay. So, so now, all right, I'm going to, Rebecca, <laughs> do you know it, Rebecca? I didn't. I, I'm saying zero. I'm saying nothing. She's not well, going no, to say it. <laughs> okay, so you I know. Well, no, saying, I was gonna. I was I gonna say, let's place bets. Let's guess. On I am putting your fist. But if you already know, then I'm gonna. We can. I'm gonna say she's wearing bright orange. Well, I know that's not happening. Wait, what if? It, what if you're? What if this is reverse psychology? Maybe situation? it's reverse psychology. Maybe I am wearing it. I don't know. I'm only saying that because all the listeners know I, I, this is Kristen's like number one thing she hates me for is that I would not let her wear bright orange to Mrs. America. Okay. Time out. You didn't even say that. I don't think for the orange one, I think you said if you want to wear that to crown the next person in, that's your choice because you get to like pick what you crown in. I don't know. Whatever it was, she was no, definitely pushing I, it off. I, I gave it to you for Elvis. I said, maybe for Elvis. It was slit all the way up to the crotch with like bedazzled at the crotch and it was bright orange. It was not a Mrs. stage gown for Mrs. America. A bejeweled crotch dress though, Julie, feels very me. I would have really felt like myself in it. So maybe just <laughs> what, so what you're saying is Kristen, that you're ready to go back on stage so uh-huh. you can wear this gown. So I think she is. we- have a gown and what she means. literally sends me on Instagram every time she sees a gown that is orange with a slit she sends it to me okay and well let's like, sign you up and then we'll get you your orange gown I'm or ready. maybe like you a- can borrow my baby orange gown <laughs> do you have an orange gown no you don't have an orange <laughs> gown oh my gosh oh my gosh well Julie thank you for coming on the podcast we were thrilled to have you thanks for entertaining all my all my off the wall ish questions no Rebecca it's so much keeps fun us on track I feel in like all, I could talk to you guys for hours I can't believe it's in, already up in all authenticity like seriously Julie the work you're doing with Operation Little Angel 101 and your platform your cuddle boxes everything that you do if people want to find out more about you and your platform, can you tell them where to find you on social media and your website, all the information? Yeah. So you can find me at uh, Julie Cangelosi on Instagram or Operation Little Angel 101 on Instagram. And our webpage is operationlittleangel101.org. And you can get all of our information, not only for our cuddle boxes, how you can help and be a potential uh, ambassador for Operation Little Angel, as well as links to both of our books and other ways that you can help partner. Thank you so much. Thank you Thanks. guys for having me. Thank you. And you can find Wait. us at. Oh, we what? forgot to ask our Christmas question of the week. I oh was thinking I wasn't going to get one. Oh, yeah. We are so rusty. It's been a minute. We have not podcast. This is our only our second episode back for season two. We completely have forgotten our Christmas question of the week. Julie, would you like to answer? Yes, I've been. This is like a hundred percent. Yes. I almost I may be regretting this. What is I truly question? almost forgot. Okay, here we go. 
If you had the opportunity to sit down with the governor of your state for lunch, what would you talk to him or her about? Well, as you know, in D.C., I do not have a governor, but I do have a mayor, uh, Mayor Bowser, who I've had the opportunity to meet several times. And I think uh, having an opportunity to sit down with her again, I would love to talk to her about a few things. One, making clearer rules for our bike lanes, because in D.C., it's getting a little wonky out there uh, for drivers and walkers. It kind of reminds me of Amsterdam right now. And then, of course, secondly, um, I would never miss an opportunity to be able to talk about um, our nonprofit and to be able to see how we could partner with Serve D.C., which is her big platform for volunteerism in D.C. Oh, I love that you have a female mayor. Yeah, she's great. I think it's a third term now. That's great. Awesome. Good answer. Thank you. Well, thanks Not- again, Julie. We appreciate you coming on. And you can follow us at Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. Follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod for all things Pageant Buzz.